I put the new 4G's on the G. Hello guys and welcome back to Sounds of Diaspora and I'm here with two guests today which I'll tell you a bit more about, they'll be able to tell you about themselves. This is a show about music, culture, diaspora experience, immigrants, it's a bit of everything and we're about to get into it. So firstly, you already know me, it's Toomey, but I'd like to introduce you to Emerald who will tell you a bit about herself. Um, hi, so my name is Emerald and I'm doing psychology and linguistics with Toomey at Oxford. Um, in terms of what I want to do after my course, I'm thinking maybe advertising um, and maybe like a master's in like America, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, and then in terms of my interests, I'm really into linguistics, um, especially sociolinguistics, um, uh, but generally just into music and I guess literature sometimes. Um, I'm from Ghana and I moved here with my family in 2005. Um, basically, my parents never planned to move to England, um, but then my dad ended up coming here for work at some point and then we just all ended up moving. Um, yeah, I think that's what I have to say. Yeah, great. So you'll hear a bit more from Emerald. She's a very interesting person. She's going to drop some gems. You're literally not ready for it. Like, it's going to be mad. And I've also got Razai here, who will tell you a bit about himself. Um, hello, um, I'm Rasai. Uh, I do PPE. Um, I'm not a bad PPE, so me, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my ambitions, um, they aren't politics, um, but hopefully representative politics, uh, in a good sense of representation. We love. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my interest, my biggest interest is politics. Um, also, it is a conversation we're actually having before this, um, but it's on prison reform. Um, and kind of areas surrounding that prison and educational reform um, and then um, my kind of my background is I'm half Polish and half Jamaican um, yeah that's my uh, that's my background two immigrant parents also one from Jamaica and one from Poland um, but we'll get a little bit more into family uh, later but yeah yeah so we love to see it we're gonna get a little bit of a break a couple songs there'll be bangers as always I'll talk a little bit about the music played after but get ready to be to be moved, it's gonna be a spiritual experience. I got big dreams, so my watch got a big face. Girls getting missing like a motherfucking mixtape. Smelling like money and I'm looking like sex. I'm outside for real with the slimes and the slats. Nigga ride away, then the nigga get taxed. Feel the snow pants and I fill them up with racks. They all ball cap and this all facts. No, I don't relax and I don't lack. Demons, they follow me deep in the dark. Niggas got problems with being a boss. We ain't been home, but we hear all the talking. Hit them with hollows and clean them with salt. Salt in the wound and my heart in the cooler. Frozen like I gave my heart to my jeweler. Told them to make a new piece out of this ever since. I just can't get no fuck by no bitch. Baby, had a bust down on the AP. Yeah, baby, ain't no rich styles on you lately. Yeah, I got fans in Costa Rica. I got fans in Costa Rica. I got fans in Costa Rica. Mike Jack, no, just before the vitiligo. Norman Bates with the eights, I'ma go psycho. Laundry mat with a temper, this is vicious psycho. Feel like Rihanna, bitches, go wherever I go. Go against the grain like I'm battling the silo. I'm going out west like a motherfucking 5 0. LeBron in the finals, motherfucking 5 0. Nigga been under 5 4, hell of a final. Niggas got me tight like Arthur's fist and shit. 
Like I'm not a arsonist to shit Not a nigga that you wanna argue with Cause then you fuck it with your future like Larson Pippin shit Boy, I'm like a barber with the shit You get out the chair, you get in the chair The things in the mirror, the way they appear You look to the rear, my niggas is near, my niggas revered You fuckin' with mess, you fuckin' with ass Baby, yeah. had a bust down on AP Yeah, baby, yeah. ain't no rich styles on you lately rich. Yeah, I got fans in Costa Rica I got bands in Costa Rica I got balled up, hundreds in my pocket. Diamonds on me, water like a faucet. Got a lot of bands in Costa Rica, a lot of hoes in Costa Rica. Got a password in my pocket. And I flew with a stick, it's a rocket. 45 on me, shit hot like a pocket. You ain't talking money, it's nonsense. Got your baby mama doing drugs in the mosh pit. Top of the morning to anybody who thought it was Betty by GD. I'm like a Jedi, mind tricks live inside of your head. I devilish red eyes, never been on a red eye. A Jedi be high forget. Shorty said I'd be wildin' and trippin' when I'm on a lick. Score a penny or 20 of Dominic Wilkins and shit. Really, I flew to Costa Rica with the AP. At the airport, this girl asked me, hey. Are you slim? Wow. Baby, yeah. had a bust down on the AP. Yeah. Baby, yeah. ain't no rich styles on you lately. Rich. Yeah. I got fans in Costa Rica. Suffering, suck a tash, she think it's all pretty cap, but hey, I ain't even mad. I started sucking on the titty, put my thumb in the ass. She had a little one, it really wasn't nothing to grab, but did it anyway. Nigga, I'm a bag, coming down to 91, flying, doing the dash, you going in today. And I be riding my ass, I've earned the same way, she ain't got shit else to say. I got too much skills, I flow like the water, so surprised I did not go kills. And I am your father, like you was Luke Skywalker, and I concur, and let it burn, like Usher's perm, and kill confirm. You look concerned, respect is earned. Uh, you really be in it, be gotta be kidding me. Uh, you really be sick in it, I got the remedy. Uh, I'm feeling like Goku, bitch, I need your energy. Oh, okay, going on a date with an AK. Hi guys, I hope you like the music I just played. So now we're going to speak a little bit about culture in relation to our kind of topic areas and the degrees we study. So I'm going to talk a bit about culture and psychology. Emerald will talk a bit about linguistics and culture. And Raza is going to give us a bit of everything, bit of politics, bit of economics, bit of, you know, you know, the whole story. So I just want to speak about how culture can have a big impact on your identity. And this goes on so many levels. This can, you know, school, race, sexuality. It's a lot more than just a simple story. And your culture kind of determines who you are in the sense that you reflect the culture you come from. I mean, a lot of British people, you know, if I say British culture, I mean, there's not a lot to say, but <laughs> a lot of people be like, you know, fish and chips, seagulls at the beach. <laughs> That's about all I can think of. You know, if I say Nigerian culture straight away, what are you going to say? Jollof? Okay, we're not, we're not even going to have that conversation right now. You know, we talk about Indian culture, we talk about saris, we talk about a food. So it's it's got a very, you know, it, something comes to mind straight away. So obviously culture has a big impact in how we see people and their, you know, them in society. And it's like, straight away when you ask someone where they're, where they're from, the assumptions you make about them, the image you get from them, their, their culture has a big impact on that. So when we think about culture and, you know, being a diaspora where you're a mix of two different cultures, you know, you're you're kind of not really in one and you're not really in the other, this can have a big impact on your identity and who you think you are because it's like having a culture is also having a sense of belonging, right? And 
not really belonging to one place that can that can mess you up for your whole life it can lead to like identity issues we see this a lot with like mixed heritage um, people as well which I'm sure Raza can talk a bit more about where you know there's this conflict of who you are where do I belong am I am I British am I Nigerian am I both but what does it mean to be both and one thing about the diaspora is that having this subculture creates a new culture because it's like there's a bunch of people who have this same conflict they don't know whether they truly identify as Nigerian or as British so they now identify this new thing British Nigerian or British you know British Indian or you know it could be from anywhere and there's kind of strength in this and there's weakness in this strength in the way it's like this can band people together if I speak about most of my friends or if I think about most of my friends they're all diaspora you know whether that's Polish diaspora Albanian, Romanian, Nigerian, you know, anywhere in the world, they all have this similarity where they're kind of like the person they are and their culture is a fusion mm. of bits from back home, food from back home, but also British things because we did, we grew up here. Like at the end of the day, in every physical sense, you wouldn't look at me and think British, but my accent, I even got a British accent. Like my accent comes from London. Mm. A lot of the stuff I do is it's London culture and there's strength in that because it brings unity with other diaspora people and allows us to like have this this culture that we never really could find and i don't know it makes you close you know and there's a lot of power in it from the sense that when you're from one culture it's sometimes it's easy to have this like narrow perspective of just that culture so you know if you're nigerian often you'll probably have a nigerian perspective it's a bit more complex than that but what i'm trying to say is one of the benefits of being from dual culture is that I can kind of look at things from a Nigerian perspective, but also a British perspective. And this gives you like dimensions, it gives you levels, it makes you, it gives you an advantage, it gives you power. And that's why, you know, always reiterate this idea that the diaspora, the diaspora is very powerful. I mean, if you look at success, I was talking to my friends about this earlier, Nigerian diaspora success is so far reaching in sports, in music, in academia. You know, you see them in the top places of society. And I think a part of this power that makes them so influential and so successful is this merge of two cultures and is this dual perspective and is this understanding that humans are so much more than these people who are just from one place and means I'm British, just from this one place it means I'm Nigerian. And a lot of issues about conflict racism comes from the idea that you're black, you're white, you're this, you're that, this bin uh, not binary, the, the the one version of binary, <laughs> this like unitary. unitary idea of what a person should be. Where I think the best people in life, the strongest people in life, the most versed, wise people in life understand that you can't get anywhere by just having this unitary perspective. We live in a global society everything's becoming increasingly more multicultural if you can't adapt to that you're going to be left behind uh i'm going to pass over to emerald who will tell us a bit about linguistics and the power that language has in terms of culture so yeah okay so i would say obviously if you think about linguistics you're going to just talk about languages and like how different languages relate to culture um and i think a lot of diaspora like people from diaspora can relate to the fact that we're not all taught our home languages and I think especially for me it was a struggle because um, I have multiple home languages so my parents all speak my mum speaks about seven-ish languages my dad that is sick I can't lie big up everyone's mum she's a G multilingual and that she's a linguist for real listen she's a polygot yeah um, and my dad speaks three, which is mad because I always say he's illiterate. Okay, he's not, but like to compared to my mom, it's like he doesn't even know anything. But um, 
with with that, my parents didn't like. I I can understand Ghana, which is one of the languages spoken in Ghana, um, but not fantastically well. And I can't speak it. I can barely speak it. And then Tree, I barely can understand it, and I can barely speak it. And Tree is one of the most comp- like Tree is the most um, spoken language in Ghana. Um, so even with my my dad's side of the family, they only speak like they understand. They speak. They can speak Ghana, but they never do. They all speak Tree. Um, and so if I'm with them. Me and my sister, we never know what's going on, and it's like that's my family. But even at family gatherings, we are literally left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless someone like my cousin now decides to explain to me, oh, like my mom said this, my dad said this, we are literally just sat there like smiling like idiots because we yeah. don't know what's going on. Um, and I think that can happen even like at home sometimes. If in my own house, if someone comes around, my mom will start speaking to me, and I don't know what's going on. Um, and I think that can be something that makes you feel very, very isolated from your culture because it doesn't really feel like yours if you can't even speak your own language. Like that's one of the most basic things mm. and language is seen as something that unites people it's meant to be something that like tells you where you're from like in, literally in Ghana your tribe is the same name as your language mm. like same you Nigeria. are yeah and mm. I think that's a, a, true for most African countries like your tribe is your language so if I don't know the language am I even Ghana or true am I anything like, like what do I have to show for myself yeah. um, and it's not it wasn't my parents fault and they did mm. try to teach us when we were younger I think I said earlier my parents never planned for us to come here so they said oh like you're gonna need to learn English for school in Ghana so we'll teach you English first and then we'll teach you like you'll, you'll be in Ghana so you'll learn Ghana until you'll learn all the languages mm. and then it didn't happen because we came here mm. so it wasn't their fault and it's very hard to like teach your kids a different language when like even for school I needed to be good at English why are they now going to try like confuse me and like teach me another mm. language so I, I don't blame them for it but it makes it very hard to feel like I'm Ghanaian in that sense and so I had to find other things to substitute it because even like if I met some other Ghanaian people they'll be like like you meet a you know old Ghanaian man at the airport or something and they try to speak to you like what is saying and I'm like Ed I don't know what that means (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I do actually know what that means but like if they said anything else I'd be lost I don't know how to respond and I had to like learn even those little responses so I could get by but I think as well in terms of your case when it comes to like like you said, your parents didn't expect that they were going to move. You didn't know that this was going to happen. And it's yeah. like, that's kind of how life is. It's so yeah. unexpected. You may, I mean, refugees mm. running free from their country. You never know yeah. where you're going to end up. Mm. And you're never really prepared for like, if you're going to be able to know the language. So I feel like one of the like most important things as well is that you're so right in the sense that language is such a big part of our culture and your personal experiences have shown that. But I think you've also shown how you can overcome that because despite the fact that you can't speak all these languages, despite the fact that there is this barrier, there are other things which allow you to, you know, still relate, still connect, and still, and you're in, and like your parents said, it ended up, you're in a British society, you can speak English, so it works to your favor in a way. It would be sticky up. There's there's, there's downfalls, there's negatives, there's positives. But I think now for me, like, even though I'm okay with my identity, I still feel in a lot of different ways that I'm not as close to being gone, like, to gun identity as I could be. And that's something that is really important to yeah. me now. So I'm trying to yeah. teach myself. There's this, um, there's loads of apps actually mm-hmm. now coming about. Because when I was younger as well, there was no Google was Translate no for Gone Tree. If you try to put Gone Tree in Google Translate, literally nothing will come, as in gibberish, as in it will be like, oh, you know what, that, you know, that one word, it is a word in Bulgarian. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's literally yeah. what would happen. So I, like, there was nothing to teach you like Duolingo no nothing right. like that Imagine. nothing like that <laughs> but now like slowly Ghanaian people Nigerian people like mm. like they're developing apps that More will teach you those languages yes, yeah and like different um, services that will help you with mm. that mm. and so I guess with me it feels like it's too late for my parents to teach me I don't yeah. know it feels weird now I mean we know because of linguistics that there's a, there's a cut off point yeah mm. 
but I'm trying to find other ways and I'll probably never I won't I probably will never be through it. I probably will never be able to teach it to my kids but I want to at least be able to sit with my family on my, yeah. my dad's side and understand yeah. what's going on that's all I want and I think hopefully at some point I'll get there and I think yeah. we should also speak a bit about um going to Ghana and the plans and how also that's I mean you want to go for a year to learn the language yeah. probably that's one of my so things. that's another way like that submersive learning and like I think it's nice that because you've got all these realizations and all of this it's like you can now go to Ghana through the sense in like a inquisitive explorative I want to learn about my culture I want to celebrate it type of way so I mean as always in life there's always a positive yeah, I think I wouldn't. That the one of the main reasons I wanted to go to Ghana was because I wanted to learn the language. And but now I'm glad that that's like a plan that I have yes. because I, honestly, Ghana has become a place that even if I didn't, I would want to go. Like it, as in, even if I didn't have that, I want to go because it's become, I guess, kind of a hotspot in Africa. Yeah, like everyone's Ghana's going to Ghana. popping off. Can I just say Afro-Nation, that? Nation, yeah. all the celebrities yeah. like partying in Ghana. Like yeah. Ghana's yeah. on the map. It is, and I'm I'm very proud of that. Um, and I think should. at a point in my life I wouldn't have been, yeah. but now. I want to go there and I want to experience all of that stuff but I also just want to like see my family but like see them in a different way in a way where before I was always kind of like oh like I don't really want to be here like yeah like oh there's no running water or like oh there's no hot water there's no this like just a mind where I just was trying to find problems because that's what I experienced from other people and a lot of that is because of the way Africa is presented yes, through the British. Yes, I mean, what do you most people country, see about Africa? Water aid, water poverty. Poverty, yeah. literally just poverty. Think, yeah. 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 Because I think as well, like on that, there are there are people who are a part of the diaspora, the African diaspora specifically, mm. you know, who truly believe like, yeah, no, nah, Africa, even the people that who are agreeing with Trump. I know somebody South African and he was agreeing with Trump. He was saying, when Trump said, oh, Africa's a shithole. Yeah. You know, and he, and he was like, no, 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 but it is, like it is. But there's so many um, people like, what is he wrong though? That's, so what, that's what I'm saying. We're truly believe that and I think that's it's just kind of it's interesting that even even people who are of colour whatever term you want to use um, even they will fall for this yeah. even they'll fall for this and, and then mm. I think as well you're so, like as always I'm gonna keep saying this positive and negative because you've got the negative representation of Africa yes, yeah. only focusing on the poverty the issues but then you also have the diaspora yeah. all these yeah, you the know we've, we've got John Boyega yeah. Yeah. we've yeah. got we've got what's his name the boxer Anthony Joshua yeah. we've got all these people painting Africa as you know we've got Wizkid and yes, Burner yes. who just won Grammys big up yeah, yeah. two first Nigerian gas just gas you you've got me. Nigerian artists winning Grammys yeah. showing the positive that's coming yes, out of Africa 100% and that's what we need 100%. more I think for that reason diaspora is very important because yeah. I think a lot of the time people who are in Africa right now they don't really I, I guess they don't really get the airtime in, in the yeah, Western world to be able to showcase. So I think really it is our job to be like, there are things that are worthwhile to see in Africa. And I can't lie, even when I didn't believe that, like mm. when I was younger, I mm. did have a mindset where I was like, I can't lie, Africa's not as good as the UK. Mm. But I was still always talking about the good things just because I wanted my white friends to see like or my yeah. friends who've never been there to see like there are there are things to see that it's it's a place that people want to be in it's yes. worth yes. going yes. for country yes. it's worth yes. going it's to worth even worth. sure yes. there are problems i'm yes. not saying they're not yes. but it is worth going yeah. to and just like, yeah. d- let's be real there's problems in the uk exactly. <laughs> there's problems everywhere yeah. like yeah but mm. I think as well, I think a lot of people in terms of Africa saw it as, as on this worth idea. Mm. It's not worth the time. It's yes. not worth the investment. You know, from from an economic standpoint as well, <laughs> of loads of people seeing that as that, you know, this is a place we can just take natural mm. resources from. But there's no point of actually inv- investing in infrastructure because of the culture. Mm. And people try to blame the culture as well, despite That's actually, exactly. when you, let's, if we look at America, for example, the group of people who are the most successful from which country? It's Nigerian people who are going to the, U- the US who are the most successful. Unless 
let's be real the majority mm-hmm. of problems in Africa are oh, a result oh, of yes, colonialism there we go there we go, there there we go. go. if A plus B is C and 1 plus 2 is 3 then what is going on 100% and neocolonialism as well as well but then I think a lot of people also like even like my dad and this is part of the reason we even left Ghana because my dad got tired of his job and it was very corrupt and so he left and then we ended up leaving because of him but the way he talks about like um, about Africa and about Ghana and, and the way a lot of people of that generation talk is like oh the problems are mainly because of corruption the problems are because the people there why did that like, start they, yeah it's because they have they, they've literally been colonized to think yes, that yes, yes, you will yes, hear African yes. people say yeah, yeah. if African people came to run the UK it would go to hell yes, yes. and if the UK that. is not corrupt no, no, no. let's be real 100% because when you look at it when you and what, what really I don't know if I'm allowed to swear I'm allowed to swear but, I was okay so okay okay, okay. Uh, well, what pisses me off is how people you gonna say but what what Jenny pisses me off is how people try to use they try to use Australia, they try to use New Zealand, they try to say Canada, they try to say America and say, but look, no, but where white people went, brrr, and these white civilizations, but what's what's the issue there? What's the issue there? And they don't realize the differences in the pure institutions they're building. In places they want to replicate democracy for all people who are there, and all in the sense of we're gonna exclude the natives. Because if we look at it, if we look at those countries. The natives are not doing too well. Australia, there's still a massive issue with Aboriginals in the sense of they are still ostracized from society, still discounted. Even in Asia, like colorism is so prevalent. 100%. 100%. And and if we look at those things, if we think think about nearly all of Africa, if we think about the British Empire, where Africa went into, until very, 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 sorry, until where Britain went into, until very, 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 very late stages, they were offered slightly democratic institutions and people are trying to and, and people also use um, uh, Zimbabwe as an example but look because when Britain was in charge everything was cool everything was everything was hunky-dory and it's a sad one as well just this understanding of cool if there is no democratic institutions for the people living there what do you expect is going to happen what if there's this power vacuum all of a sudden you have the only force that was keeping things going through force as well using force military force mm. and you just remove that and you say we're, we're giving you nothing mm. and we expect everything to be fine and it's the thing where it's like and it's the thing where it's like for years and years mm. even on a general like even if we go into genetics because yeah. there's a lot of research about how pain all of this is is genetically you know oh emerald did an epq <laughs> on it so we can yeah. we'll find out but the point is when people in the society have been conditioned to survive yes, survival yes, instinct yes, survive yes, yes, yes. it's not a shock that these like corrupt politicians are doing things out of self-interest yes, out of yes, need to yes. bet because it's that survi- self-preservation yes, yeah, yeah, it's that survival yeah, yeah. instinct yeah. that has been engraved mm-hmm. as a product yeah. of colonialism mm. exactly plus also when you deeper they are actually following the example of white leaders yes. in those countries yes. it's not like they woke up one day and they're like you know what I'm going to do oppress my people <laughs> that's a new idea <laughs> that's a new idea never heard wow. that animal oh farm God. animal Literally, farm they are looking at how like um, white people have treated like their colonies mm. and treated countries where white people aren't in and they said listen that's such yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Let me try. And in the, the countries where they're doing well, <laughs> European and Western powers mm. say, oh, you know, we can't have this. So cool. Look at Liberia. Uh, America's involvement there in, uh, what's it called? In getting the president, the democratically elected, elected president, uh, couped, executed, and then implementing a dictator, which ha- which led to one of the most uh, horrific periods for the country. Mm. If you look at Congo, the first democratic.
party, they elected leader. And then Congo and Belgium say, nah, you know what, we can't have this. Let's just, boom, assassinate him, implement a, <laughs> implement a uh, dictator who, who, who will work with us so we can still take the natural resources. Officially, we have said this. And as well, I think what's really frustrating, I think, is European countries specifically, is the lack of ability for them to admit they've done something wrong. So Accountability. Accountability. Because why are there concentration camps uh, in Kenya uh, in the 20th century? That's something that we never speak about. We don't speak about Operation Legacy, which was a British idea to try and to wipe out, to physically either burn or destroy any evidence of certain aspects. And something I think is really interesting. I think it's in a a Akala... What's it called? Uh, 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 Like, talk, a panel discussion. He speaks about there are ships physical ships from all sorts of times but why is there no British slave ship that we can find why is there none of them official slave ship that that, that is that is still alive the, the, why is it that they have all been destroyed why can we not go and see the physical conditions I wonder why I, want, I, wonder why. Why. I wonder why that's a great one I wonder why I wonder why I wonder why that all of these different types of histories have been destroyed we will not speak about the Benin Wall which was the largest physical man-made wall of greater bigger than the wall of China I want just can we do that the wall of China has nothing in comparison to the Benin Wall, which covered the whole country. The whole country was engulfed by this wall. We don't speak about the first pyramids in, 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 in Ethiopia and the, the multi-story buildings at a time where it was physically impossible to do that. There's so um, much unknown. And the thing is, the reason like... so many African yes. We don't... I, people can't even name them. Do you know what I mean? People can't, they don't have the resources to talk about them. Because people act like Africa didn't exist until it was like a colony. Like there was no one, there was nothing going on. And it's such a lie. And the craziest thing about all of this, right... I'm sure you guys have just got a lot of information out <laughs> here. But the craziest thing about all of this is that Emerald and Razai have, I'm sure all of this information is research, is reading, having to like seek out this information to educate yourself. It's not something that's openly available. It's not something that's taught in schools. It's not advertised. Because why would they want to advertise their wrongs? No one wants to accept or take accountability. And it's such a struggle. And this is why we were speaking a bit earlier about my like disgruntlement. I, I dropped history at year nine. And my main reason I dropped history was the whole idea that it's through one perspective I'm yes. being taught. Yes. I'm, talk- I'm being taught history through the winners, from, from, the, winners, from the winners' yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yes. black history in school already is basically not existing. <laughs> when it is black yeah, history, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, black yeah. British history, no. it's black American history. No. We don't talk about the Mangrove That's Nine. I had to learn about that through black diasporic success. Mm-hmm. Small Axe, the show, great show. Watch Small Axe, it's so, so good. It will actually teach you black mm-hmm. British history. I have to find other ways. I have to do this research. Like, it's crazy. But anyway, we could talk forever about this. Now I'm going to talk a bit. I'm going to... Raza is going to talk a bit mm. about culture and yes. from loads of different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I, it's something I've been thinking about. You know, PB is a wide uh, range. I don't know what for too, too much. Um, but I think the kind of... It's something that you touched on, actually, to me. Um, and it's the kind of, like, the importance and the power that comes from cultural capital. Um, and I think something that we've been told through our education through our being socialized through the media is to kind of deny our culture in order to be british we must deny that we are black yeah we must deny that we are from these places we must deny we must deny in order yes 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 yes. Um, no no um yeah no and i think 
I think there's truly there's truly value in that. There's cultural capital in that. You know, the fact as you're saying, we're able to view things differently. I'm saying the fact we're able to have this conversation to look at British history with an with a with a more objective or, or, or even not necessarily objective but an outside stance from both sides. When I'm seeing the benefits from it, because I won't lie, it's a mad one. Because I was thinking about I I have benefited from the death of my ancestors in the sense you know for me I grew up on benefits and that comes the welfare state has come out the Britain is in a position to do that because on the back of slavery you know uh, 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 but at the same time why am I in this position now? Partly because of to do with slavery as well. So it's this weird dichotomy of the two, you know, benefiting from these negative uh, things, uh, but then those negative things happening also, uh, and this kind of conflict of the two. But I wouldn't say necessarily it's this kind of direct conflict. It's being able again to see two sides of two two sides of it, and to have a wider to to, to have a wider uh, range of uh, of not just opinion but also kind of perspective. And I think there's value that comes in that cultural capital, and I think it's also something that we need to we need to address and to realize which i think is something that's happened more and more over time but i think for ages i think it was um was seen as a lot a lot of it was was negative you know you know we would take the aspects of culture and we would kind of amplify it and say this is british it's now british rather than you know a, a addressing the roots of it whether that be music genres or whatever it is i think music genres is actually a perfect example a, very uh, example. a perfect example mm. of it. i think jazz uh, jazz is something that i've been getting into more recently but just looking at that and how even even when i was growing up or i even as I, uh, even when I, not because I'm special, but because I like jazz now. Um, <laughs> but like for me, for ages, I thought, you know, ja- no, 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 not even. <laughs> but no, I thought jazz, this is so dry. Like, why would anyone listen? This is elevated music. Like, this is, this is something that middle class, uh, you know, uh, people western people which is so ironic ironic. and then you look into the history you look into the origins this is this rebellious art form Mm. about so about so much taking so much influence from Mm. so many different sources Mm. it's so beautiful this beautiful cohesion Mm. of all of these different sources Uh, (laughs) but um, just you know kind of learning to see it like that to see it like that to see those beautiful aspects again through things i've had to educate myself unfortunately Mm. that the education system hasn't provided me those opportunities and nor has it at least provided or encouraged me to look for them um, but there is so much beauty from that there's so much beauty so and much power history. and so yeah. much history because even just to quickly touch on what you were saying like I for my uh, English literature we mm. randomly we did this book called The Lonely Londoners mm. and it's very interesting it's basically about immigrants from the West Indies and the Caribbean mm-hmm. and how they first came into yeah. London right and I learned that one of the ways that segregation was kind of like de-escalated and was through music and this mm. genre of music from the West Indies and like mm. all this soca and this dancehall mm. and they had these dances, these mixed dances and you know it, it, it fused the two cultures together, mm. it created this fusion mm. and it created unity yeah. Yeah. between all these different people and music is one thing that's very good because it's like maths in a way. I hate maths. Let's be, <laughs> let's be straight up. I hate maths. But one thing about maths mm. is universal. Mm. You don't need to know a certain language to do maths. It's universal. And music is universal yes, because yes, you might not understand the words. Mm. There's some songs. There's this song. I'm going to play it. It's, mm. you mean, you mean, you mean, it's a great it's this French song. I love it, right? Mm. I have no idea what they're saying. Mm. I have no idea. Yeah, I can sing that with my chest. And it's one of my favorite songs because I can feel it. Yes. I can yeah. feel it. It moves me emotionally. Mm. And music has that power to transcend differences, yeah. to mm. transcend race, to transcend culture. Mm. Even yeah. though that yeah. obviously history you know and that that is part of it that's part of the beauty of it but it's this universal thing that no matter where you're from everyone can be connected by music definitely yeah but um 
yeah, I think we're going to take another quick break because we've definitely hit you with a lot. <laughs> we hit you with a lot. <laughs> think on it. While you listen to this, these next couple songs, you know, maybe think about, reflect, think about it. Maybe your own experiences in life where hmm. you might relate to Emerald, you might relate to Razai, how music might connect you, be a bridge between different cultures hmm. and like the power, the power that has. It is a very powerful thing. But we'll be back after these next three songs. Stay tuned.
quarter past ten on your Thursday evening and you're listening to Symbol Radio. It's your girl M. Levontel here playing you brand new One Asian featuring Dre Six from the Sixers. The track's entitled Parlay. It's a banger. Enjoy. <sighs> Trying to get shorty to the after party. She acting classy I don't want ratchet I just want naughty Change your mind And I'll tell her Just call me mm, I bet she won't pull it No surprise Cause the boys get money Tell her don't worry Yeah Cover my face in bandana Cause I'm a fly nigga Not a gangbanger Symbol Santana My night girl pattern like an Ankara You're way too pretty to be hanging with my ops Cooperate and get banished from the block Chatting to the wife while I'm patterning her foot Don't try this at home, you're not a boss Hands up if you're trying to get rich City job or trips to the triz My nigga got bagged in his new play whiz Pocket full of loose peps wrapped in riz My Spanish chick on a fly from LA Meet my amigo, get pasa essay I was selling dreams when I should've wrote essay My big dog a old school baller, Pele Trying to get shorty to the after party mm, But she acting classy I don't want ratchet, I just want naughty Change your mind and I'll tell her just call me mm, I bet she won't pull it No surprise cause the boys get money Tell her don't worry Leg over Tell her girl bring a friend over I throw the money in the air and you can bend over Sure you got her back Tell her bring it back Local lad See me in the front or the whip or the back Have to get tints on a tin cast mad Still our slang Cash in hand Food in raps and yeah bangs Watch your mouth cause your lip get banged Block boys, that's where we hang Right by the step, watch your step Coming up close and you might get checked Funds checked, don't violate Cause we go to serious lips at any event Boom, tryna get shorty to the after party mm, But she acting classy I don't want ratchet, I just want naughty Change your mind and I'll tell her just call me mm, I bet she won't pull it No surprise cause the boys get money Tell her don't worry Um, I was just um, thinking about how sometimes culture is one of the first things that people use to like judge people and to divide people. Like it's often like you look at someone's culture, like oh why do they dress like that, or why is their music like that, or why why do they eat with their hands, or just anything like that. And it's very central to like people's identity. That culture is so important to that. So when you start to like exactly, and when you start to say like things are bad about someone's culture, which honestly, why should anything be bad about anyone's culture? It's just different. Like people do things differently in different places because like where they are calls for different actions. People were in like. Africa, when they were wearing less clothes, it's because it's, it's warm. Hot. It's not it's because hot. It's they're hot. from the devil. It's, it's hot. hot. Okay, it's hot, and that's why they wear less clothes mm. and things like that. Like, there's no reason to like judge different cultures, but I think when you do that, it's a way of like discounting the entire, entire group of people. Yeah. Because if your culture's not good enough, you're yeah. not good enough. Yeah. And, and the fact that yes. there's a cultural hierarchy. Hierarchy, yes. yeah. Oh, high culture. Yeah, yeah. I'm bougie because I drink tea and I cover mm-hmm. myself really. Uh, I think eating with like hands is an interesting one because I think it links to that because this idea of eating with your hands is, is primitive it's mm, not it's savagery, not yeah. it's savagery mm, and this mm, idea of using a knife and fork is this is, you know is the the, the most upper class it's, it's a pinnacle society, society. <laughs> but it is 100 percent it's different anywhere chopsticks but i think what's sad is what we see in western countries is we see the high 
high-end versions the the norm is you have you have like a you have a, a Chinese restaurant and they won't give you chopsticks they'll give you a knife and fork mm. or you have you have like a South Asian restaurant and you know it won't be and if you see someone eat with their hands that's that's mm. disgraceful like, oh, even chicken wings I just want to eat yes. my Nando's chicken wings in peace without being judged yes. yeah, 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 yeah. how is there a burn in the that's middle and now a knife and fork that's actually mad you're missing out it's inefficiency you're lacking it is 100% but it's because it's better you know it's like it's we're social we're socialized to think that some things are polite especially growing up here you're socialized to think like just even silly things that don't actually make sense hand elbow on the table mm. that's rude why is that rude when i was crying in the dining hall and my elbow was on the table you're coming to shout at me because my elbow's on the table that's so mad like and it's just like you you think your culture is so great that anytime anyone tries to question any part of it you take that personally and like, that's where pride becomes nationalism yes 100 yes, yes. no, like the whole point of this show be proud of your culture we mm. promote pride yeah. yes. but then there's a difference between being proud and being I'm better than someone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we finna we gonna go in, don't worry. So stay tuned for the next for the next bit. So now I'm gonna speak to Emerald and Razai a bit about how we stay connected to our culture. Um a lot of when I asked on Instagram how people stay connected, they said stuff like food, music, trips back home. So we're gonna talk a bit about the personal stories of how we try and do it, as well as how experiences differ with our parents, some of the issues and some of the benefits. So I'll speak a bit about myself. Um, in terms of staying connected with my Nigerian culture, a big part of it is food. So like my dad, ironically, my dad cooks better than my mom. They're both going to be listening to this and she's not going to love it, but <laughs> my dad cooks better than my mom. And he makes so much Nigerian food. He makes stew, he makes jollof, he makes all of that. And like growing up, I love Nigerian food. I never knew how to make it. So my dad teaching me how to make stuff like stew, to make stuff like rice, that was a bonding moment for us where I was able to get closer to him and also learn a bit more about like Nigerian culture and learn about like food and how to cook, you know, life skills. So that's quite an important part of how I stay connected. Um, Also music is a big part of it. And like I spoke about on the last week with Prez, we were talking all about like WizKid and the reason why, like, so much, so much of my really close friendships we bond through music, and especially like Nigerian music, Afrobeats, it brings like a part of the culture that I can't experience firsthand because I'm not in Nigeria. I can feel through the music, like the energy still travels across the globe through music. So that's another way I stay quite connected, and then also just having friends around me that like I said, are similarly diaspora, so they still have this mixed kind of heritage and mixed experience, but we still take pride in the things that make us Nigerian, and not even just Nigerian, like my Ghanaian friends, there's similarities between our cultures, my Jamaican friends, my friends, even from Asia, like, there's so many little, like, if you look at um, Saris and Dashiki, like, even the patterns, there's so many subtle similarities between these different cultures, and sharing my culture with other people is another way I feel I'm able to stay connected with back home and just, you know, other diaspora. So I'm going to speak, I'm going to go to Razai next, who's going to tell us a bit about how he stays connected to his culture. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's an interesting one, because I think for a lot of people, uh, it's like going back home. Um, and I think for me, it's a bit different. It has been different for different reasons. Part of the reason is I, you know, I couldn't travel until 2017 um, because the Home Office uh, they thought I was an illegal immigrant. I have a birth certificate, <laughs> um, but they believed I was an illegal immigrant, essentially. 
um, despite being born here, having proof that I was born here and records of my birth, uh, as well as my schooling records as well. Um, so because of that and because of those difficulties, man, I can never leave the UK. So I can go back to Jamaica, I can go to Poland, um, and I couldn't kind of experience that culture um, firsthand. So my kind of only representation of that was things back home. So you know, back home it was often through music alone. You know, my young, my younger, very very young years, my time in primary school. You know, I kind of, I just, I just banged out reggae on a whole new level. You know, I would walk around. Um, I walk around my, my little flat. Um, we, we we had a little cassette cassette player. We have cassettes of just different reggae songs. They were pirated and stuff. Uh, <laughs> we just play them, and I would just rock around the, the room, playing and enjoying the music. Just my little string vest. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I used to buy that little string vest. You already know. Um, yeah, uh, I know I do that. Um, but I think it's been an interesting one. I think, you know, growing up with my mum exclusively, he's Polish, my dad is Jamaican, um, has meant that I haven't had, I guess, that same access to the culture directly, the food and da, 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 the different experiences, the different family experiences as well. You know, I'm not connected with that side of the family, you know, for good reasons as well. Yeah. Um, and I think through that, it's meant that I, I, I've had to use other forms in, in a different way. And I think most recently as well, I had this kind of new realization of the impact of Caribbean music for me, you know, you know connecting with like uh, with chronics. Uh, as, as one example, 100%. Amy Amali and all of these different people mm. and just really reconnecting my roots and doing research into it. And that's yeah. just to pause for a sec, that's one thing that I think is a talent that has come from that. Where when I look at you guys, I see you as people who are very well knowledgeable and versed. And that's because you've done this research. Mm. And the reason you've done this research is a journey of exploration mm. about yourself yeah. and your identity and your culture. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, that, that gap that was left by many reasons, you know, family, travel, everything in your culture you've now had to discover it in like a learning intuitive mm. kind yeah. of way which is yeah. a journey in itself yeah it's, quite I was exciting. Say something similar. it's kind of like you have to figure out your culture for yourself yeah so like there's a lot of things that i like i don't know I, a lot of people would say that I, i'm not like gone in a lot of different ways because i don't vibe with a lot of different things but there's things that i vibe with myself that i've picked up myself and those are very important to me um, because it's kind of my own like discovery of who I am. And in a way, that's so, quite yeah. powerful because a lot of people, you know, if you're just born straight into the culture, you experience it. It's very easy to adopt that culture. It's just mm. the way you live, and it's like it's not really a choice. You're mm. just gonna have it. Yeah. Whereas we're you choosing, mm. we're yeah. actively choosing mm. yeah. to embrace our culture. Everything mm. we do is a choice. We're choosing mm. to listen to this music. We're choosing to do research. Yeah. You know, so that's that's quite yeah. it's quite exciting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that's uh, be my experience. Anyone else there? What's yours? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So I've talked about language. Um. I think another thing that um I would say was a bit difficult for me was food because um I when I think when I first left Ghana I liked Ghanaian food a lot but then um being here for quite a long time you know school dinners half the time a lot of different things <laughs> dead school dinners yeah. dead school dinners <laughs> but just like the experience of the only having Ghanaian food at home and also kind of being ashamed of Ghanaian food um, because yeah. like oh, people would look at it and be like oh what's that like shit yeah, or like yeah, what's yeah, that yeah, black yeah, thing yeah, like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. like and so I kind of was ashamed of it and then also just personally some 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 Ghanaian food I don't really like like I mean, yeah, honestly I don't like it um, but like with my family it just was like what, what Ghanaian food do you like like you don't you don't like KK you don't like you don't like Banku what do you like um and so it just became like oh I'm doing it wrong I don't speak the language yeah. and I don't like them what like what's going on yeah. um and especially because compared to my sister like my sister but she just loves 
all foods. It's just love yeah, garden food. But to be honest, I think I can be quite a picky eater. Um, and so there's some things I don't like. So then it just I would always be like, I'm not. What is there about me that is gone in? Like, what is going on? I I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and so then I had to kind of like like strip it back and realize like. Part, I think partly that it, it, I don't have to be like the poster child of being Ghanaian. Like mm. that's not that's not what it's about. And, and what does it even mean yeah. to be Ghanaian? Honestly, like I don't know, but I don't think my parents know either. I think no. they just was scared that I was like gonna be completely like separated from my culture. Yeah. They didn't want that. But it it was almost more alienating constantly feeling like I couldn't like not, everything not I did was enough. wrong and yeah. wasn't Ghanaian yeah. enough. Um, but I think in that I I, I partly realised there are some things where I. I think I maybe not turn my back on, but I was a bit too maybe judgmental. Not as open to it. Yeah, mm. um, when I was younger, mm. and I think that's like that relates to when I went um, to Ghana. A few, I went twice, um, and both times it was kind of a struggle. The trips weren't ah, they weren't they weren't the most fun um, for lots of different reasons. Partly um, the, the second time I went with my mom and she didn't have a lot of money, so we just basically stayed in my grandparents' house most of the time. Um, and also just the second time there was this thing called Dumsol, which is like when the lights, the light, the electricity actually goes off for like half the day and then turns on for half the day. So for half the day, there's no internet, there's no, literally there's nothing basically, uh, no TV, no lights, just nothing. Um, and so a lot of that stuff, first I, I would look down on it and I'd be like, oh, like this would never happen in England. Um, um, but then second of all, I was I just wasn't enjoying myself. And then I, I, I sort of associated Ghana with like not enjoying myself. Um, but now it's so, so now I know that first of all, there are lots of ways to enjoy yourself in Ghana. Like my cousin went like two years ago, she had the best time. I was like, listen, I'm trying to be like her. So for that reason, I'm going back. My family's trying to go back in September actually. But it's like I want to go back now because I know that there's stuff I've missed out on. But I'm not I'm not gonna miss out on it again. I'm not gonna have that attitude again. And that's gross. That's yeah, nice. because yes. I've gone through it and I've realized I I I, I jammed basically because I didn't. I didn't take make the most of those things, mm. but then I've also started realizing like there is Ghanaian stuff I like. There's stuff, there's Ghanaian stuff I love to tell people about. I literally grew up on Ghanaian hip life, but I grew up on Ghanaian and Nigerian hip life. But to me, they're indistinguishable. Yeah. If I hear a Nigerian song, I'll be like, that's definitely Ghanaian because. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I, I, I all this, all this Nigerian Ghanaian beef is all fake. It's all combo. We love each other, yeah. honestly. But like. The hip life, I do, it's just hip life to me, and I love it. Like, mm. and I also like gospel music. Mm. There's so much gospel music, Ghanaian gospel music. I don't understand the words, but I feel, feel it, it and I love it, mm. and I love that. And even the clothes, the way I bat Ghanaian clothes. Literally mm. every time my grandma, like my mum, someone goes, I'll be like, "Can you get me a new dashiki? Can you get me a new dress? Can you get some me waist beads? Some mm. waist beads, waist beads. <laughs> the way I love waist beads, and I think that was sometimes something that was really important to me because when I first came here I had waist beads and I loved them and then you know like PE changing in the classroom oh. the teacher was like that's a hazard you can't have waist beads and I was like firstly those are under my clothes why are you checking for me when I'm changing that's yeah. fine but, <laughs> but basically they were like you have to take them off so I had to cut them off and, um, and I didn't have them for most of my life and then I was thinking well, that's I a part of like, the identity yeah. and I was like I miss those I really like those so I got my grandma to get me some and I've not gone back since yes. I just changed them but I never like, I never take them off forever um, and that's like something that's really important to me and I like it because when people ask me about it, I can share that it's part of my culture and be like, this is something that's like from Ghana and from I love it and I'm proud of it, literally. Family. And I'm so proud of it. And everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's hella cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 it's very, yeah. very cool. Um, and like, 
for me, it's just going back to that and realizing that there's so much cool stuff about Ghana. There's so much beautiful stuff about Ghana. Even now, if you'll hear me talk about my granddad's coconut tree and the fact that there's a man employed at my granddad's house. All he does is cut down coconuts. He literally, his job is plant the tree and cut the coconuts. That is his job. And I was helping. And I'm proud of that. And before, it was, I was very embarrassed. And I think that just being able to be proud of being Ghanaian without yeah. having to be like, oh, I have to I have to like this food, I have to like that yeah. food. But just, yeah. I'm from Ghana, there are cool mm, things about mm, Ghana and I will tell you about them with no shame. Yeah. That, I think, is the thing that makes me feel most close yes, to my culture. Yes. That's, that's yeah. what I love. I think, that's, <laughs> I think there's like the power in like accepting that culture as well. Realising yeah. that is my culture. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it was this realisation that I'm not half Polish, I'm not half Jamaican, I'm Jamaican and I am Polish. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a duality in that, you know? Which doesn't make me less of each other, mm. and being accepting of both of them, despite the challenges. You know, and especially beauty in that, 100%. 100%. Like, why do we have to pick? I literally, I got mm. in a panic because you know the census that came out. Mm. Um, it was like, what if, what I think nationality would you describe yourself as? Mm. And it was like, oh, British, Irish, da da da, and then other. And I literally was staring at it for five minutes, like, I can't pick British because I'm Ghanaian, mm. but I just got my British passport, and it took me. About 19 time. years of my life to get this stupid passport. I, I and now I've got it and I'm not gonna put British. And I was just staring at it. Mm. And then I realised you could put both. And that's nice because I don't have to pick and I'm happy like that. Mm. No, and it's good. And like this is all about celebrating every part of where you're from. You know, there's beauty and diversity. Some of the most powerful people in the world come from you know, mixed heritage, have travelled and lived in different countries, and the the way you the way you're gonna be a you know well versed, well knowledgeable person is through exploring yes. that. Yeah. So now we're gonna talk a bit about um, music that we like, some of our favourite musics. We're gonna have album of the week, song of the week, and artist of the week. So I'll start by introducing the artist of the week. She's the artist playing now. Her name is Asha. She's a Nigerian kind of French artist, and she makes a lot of like soothing, really calm music with a lot of like you know instruments in the back, a lot of imagery in her words. Like this song is called Fire in the Mountain, and it's kind of like a political metaphor about things going on in society and how things are so obvious there's so much injustice but we just ignore it like it's happening right in front of us there's a fire on the mountain and nobody's around to put it up she also made another song called Jayla and it's all about like from the perspective of a a, um, what's it called? A, not a criminal, but someone in jail, and a jailer who's watching them, and it's like a conversation between the two. Like, you're here, you're, you know, you're not treating me right, you're judging me, but how are you any better than me? And it's just, it's so like introspective. I love it, and it's just, it's such a conflict because she's got such a calm sound. Like you listen to it, and you're like, it's such a calm, and then you listen to the words, and they strike you, and that's something beautiful about music. When I have my little emo phase, one of the things I like does this. Everyone knows 21 Pilots from when they, you know, all they're stressed out, all their big <laughs> But they have, um, stressed out is actually an example of it. They have um, music where the sound is so happy. Like, there's a song called Judge, and it's like a happy sounding song. You play it on ukulele, like, it's happy chords. And then you listen to the words, and they are so deep, sad, down, depressing. And it's like, that, again, that dichotomy, it's such an interesting thing to explore. It reminds me of Pumped Up Kicks. Yeah, Pumped Up Kicks. Yeah. About, about school shooting. shooting. Mm. And the vibe is so happy. So yeah, I just like the fact that, you know, she's got that dichotomy in her music and she's got layers to what she's doing. So yeah, the album of the week is Asha's self-titled album, Asha. And you can go check that out. It'll be in the Sounds of Diaspora official playlist and I will plug that at the end. Um, I'll move on to Emerald to talk a bit about music she likes and some of her favourite songs in that music.
Um, okay, so I feel like I'm gonna start by saying that. Oh, yeah, I love it with it, man. Um, my, my, I think music for me is a very personal thing because I didn't grow up with friends who understood or liked the same music as me generally. So my music is not very influenced by other people, except my dad. My dad is like, one of the biggest influences on my music. But in terms of like friends, um, I didn't really share my music with my friends. I didn't really like. We just didn't talk about music that much, except when I had my emo phase. That was the only time <laughs> that my friends talked about music with me. We all did Yeah. Um, but, so I think, um, Gone Hip Life and Nigerian Hip Life, just generally, like, I didn't you know, like, Bumper to Bumper, like, Yuri Yuri, songs like that, literally just my childhood. Mm. But there's a lot of places you bring up that no one's heard of them. Mm. So that's just, that's just for me. That's Tied in with your culture, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not something that I normally talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also, like, I had, I don't know if it's a phase, but I love dance hall. Like, Egyptian, especially. I, I love dance hall. No, why? Mm-hmm. Um, it must be done. <laughs> <laughs> it must be done. Down. Down. But, yeah, so dance hall, I think, if, if it's spiritual bondage, I have spiritual bondage to dance hall music. I absolutely love Very it. Like, I just can't get away from that. But that's also my dad. Um, my dad and my uncle, mm-hmm. they had, like, um, these, like, tapes in the car with just mixes. Oh, yeah. They're just for, like, every African. What mix was strictly the best? And it just had such a good music. It was, like, mix of reggae, dance hall, just everything kind of fused. Um, yeah. basically, and you know what I found? Music. This is because this is very interesting. Like my dad, again, a lot of my influence on music is from my dad. Mm. And there's this thing where African men, African dads, have spiritual bondage with reggae. They love reggae music. My dad loves reggae music. Like, and it, another thing, my dad loves country music. So random, like. He loves country music. Like, 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 you know how many times I've had to hear islands in the street? But <laughs> so many times. He loves Kenny Rogers, like. Mm. But reggae in particular, a lot of African. There's a big. T- there's loads of ties between Caribbean African. Yeah. Which is a good way to transition yeah. into Razai, who mm. is going to introduce us the song of the week. Before he does, I want to say the album of the week, which is Revenge of the Dreamers. It's by Dreamville. It's a mix of like different artists. I let Razai explain the creation of the album and why it's so amazing and you're also introduced some of the weeks so. um yeah no so i think revenge of the dreamers is this really cool album because you know because of creation you know not just its music but it's kind of creative process um, in which you know you had a whole bunch of artists you know kind of hired out hosts like not just one studio multiple studios the whole uh, the whole place that had all of the studios and stuff and you had you kind of like a you know you had the producers, you had the artists, and they all kind of competed to have the best, the best verses, you know what I'm saying, the best beats and everything, and kind of wrapped to them, and as a collective as well, this is kind of like, uh, you know, kind of competitive camaraderie that kind of came in. That was Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so cool, you know, it, it's in such a short time, but the, the quality is so high. Like, I mean, listen, in the background, you're going to hear it play, yeah. so you get an idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the kind of the, the song of the week is one that I, I found um, relatively recently. I think I really listened to um, Kendrick Lamar's album to Paper Butterflies, uh, which is my favorite album. Um, it's not album of the week, but it's my favorite album personally. Uh, and after that, you know, Spotify they kind of just they just add you know, a couple of songs and stuff related to the album. And this is one of the songs that came up. It's called His Pain uh, by VG Chicago, um, and it's it's basically the kind of it is this kind of repeated motif of. Um, you know, Kendrick starts off and he's asking, like, uh, you know, like, you know, God, why do you keep blessing me? Why do you keep blessing me? I see people in greater need than I am. Um, this is the song. Uh, and it's got this kind of like, beautiful instrumental to it as well. Mm. You know, this kind of like really. Uh, Jazz, kind yes, of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yeah, um, and it's kind of this. Um, 
you know, it's Kendrick, you know, just dealing with these kind of inner thoughts of time and almost like kind of survivor's guilt. Um, and something that, you know, I know a lot of us can kind of feel in different circumstances. You know, why is it that I should be blessed when I have someone in greater need than me? Um, and then Kendrick kind of comes to the conclusion where he realizes, well, you know, I can take on these blessings so I can pass them. That's why I'm grounded. Um, and I think it's 100%. Um, and I think it's just, it's just beautifully put in the song, you know, this kind of really uh, mellow and dark, but also kind of, it's got this bright tone exactly to like it links to what I was saying mm. like the mismatch between the tone the pitch mm. it's artistic it's creative it's yes, yes it's beautiful yes, yes 100% yeah. and I think in a different way this speaks to my soul um, you know, I like, I love, I think that's the beauty about music. It speaks to your soul and in different ways as well. You know, it's got bits that excite me, that energize me. And then this is the kind of like introspective nature of music that makes me reflect back on my own life, my own life, my own life experiences. Um, and I think there's, there's power in that. And, and I think it's, I think there's, that's, that's, that's why I suggested it as a single Um Yeah, so I think it's about and yeah I will definitely that will be the outro so stay tuned to listen to that um, I want to thank Emerald and Razai for coming on today because the gems the gems the knowledge the power it's just sensational they'll definitely be back this isn't the last time you'll be hearing their voices so thank you guys for listening this is Sounds of the Diaspora you can catch me on Twitter at MazPsychT so M-A-Z-P-S-Y-C-H-T-E-E Catch me on Instagram, M underscore Tums. Send in your recommendations, topics you want to hear, music, and check out the official playlist on Spotify. Sounds of the Diaspora official playlist. And yeah, I hope you enjoy today. I hope you reflect on some of the stuff we've spoken about. And I hope you come back next week. So thank you and goodbye. Yesterday my nigga had told me his brother died A day before that his homeless uncle was cold outside A week before he seen the cancer in his mother's eyes Two weeks before they couldn't pay his rent cause he lost his job A month before that he lost the custody of his daughter Six months before that her mother said she won't see her father And this before he did a year when them charges was brought up I shook my head, turned around and found a hundred dollars I don't know why he keep blessing me 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 I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why I don't know why he keep blessing me I don't know why he keep blessing me I don't know why he keep blessing me I don't know why Keep blessing me I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why Yesterday I invaded privacy of a home The day before that my partner had fronted me a zone A week before I had loaded bullets inside that chrome Two weeks before that I shot them bullets and he was gone A month before that I cursed my mother then slammed the door Six months before that I hit my woman she hit the floor I stormed out then seen a black Honda Accord Them hollow tips missed me then hit that little boy I don't know why he keep blessing me I don't know why he keep blessing me. I don't know why he keep blessing me. I don't know why he keep blessing me. I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why. I don't know why he keep blessing me. 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 I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why. So today I laid in my bed, stared at the ceiling. Closed my eyes, then asked myself how I was feeling. I analyzed on how a saint can play the villain. It's my life coincidence.
accidental or just God willing I came to grips, jumped up, looked out the window See my nigga had that same little boy that didn't know Bullets is nameless, I guess this was meant for Me to give them a hundred dollars to trash my pistol Not why he keep why he keep blessing me? Nah, know why he keep blessing me? Nah, know why he keep blessing me? Nah, know why? Now I know why? Now I know why? Nah, know why he keep blessing me? 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 Nah, know why? Now I know why? So I can bless you. So I can bless you. So I can bless you. Yeah, you. I need you I know this weed is burning And I'm on drink number two But it's all to soothe the pain from this cold, cold world Sometimes I think it can help me But this bus here is temporary So I'm talking to you This sick world I drive a same man crazy Birds dropping out Dogs the sky having their father's babies And this the news I hear With my God kids, nieces and nephews turning here I wonder will it get better A little chatter Make it better But the rest of that cash Make last year's Christmas gift be my last But somehow you keep blessing me 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 But somehow, but somehow, but somehow But somehow you keep blessing me 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 But somehow, but somehow, but somehow Three guys shot at the club 